Well, life change stories are one of the greatest evidences of the empowering presence of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited for you to hear another life change story from our newest staff member, the team leader of the landing, which is a CR for students. Today, you're going to hear a life change story from my brother, Justin. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and even our relational journey through life change stories, recovery topics, all centered around the Beatitudes where Jesus Christ, through the Celebrate Recovery principles, helps us to face our hurts, hangups, and habits in our broken relationships so that we can live out the plan to live out the everlasting life that he promises when he died for us on the cross and walk this path of recovery. Hey, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. I'm the ministry leader and pastor of Celebrate Recovery here in Northwest Arkansas at Rogers, Arkansas. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you back. I hope you're getting some blessing out of our uh, recent podcast, and we're always looking for ideas, so don't hesitate to let us know. Be sure to give us a rating and share this with others so that more people can find hope and healing and understanding this ministry we call Celebrate Recovery. But excited uh, life change stories are always uh, so much uh, fun to hear, and they're a blessing, and I know you're going to be blessed today. I invited uh, my brother Justin on with us today. Justin, glad you're with us, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Rodney. Yeah, You bet, man. So why don't you introduce yourself the way you do in Celebrate Recovery, and we'll jump into a conversation. Yeah, hey, y'all. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with codependency, sexual addiction, and anger. My name is Justin. Hey, Justin. So glad you came on, man. So, man, uh, kind of one of the lead foots for this time. Um, we know you. You've been a volunteer in Celebrate Recovery, the landing uh, for students for a while. And uh, just trying to get, let people hear a little bit more about you. But uh, you, you're, you've been a part of Celebrate Recovery. Um, when Andy was first the landing uh, ministry leader and then Josh came in as a landing ministry leader, they were brand new to Celebrate Recovery. So they kind of came in a little bit different. You came in as being a part of Celebrate Recovery, and that's pretty cool. But I'd love to kind of just in the effort of people to kind of see the guy that we've grown to love and respect and trust in this space as you lead our students in this new role. Um, tell me, tell, give me a little bit about it, your background, and and then we'll kind of get into how you found out about Celebrate Recovery. But what, what, what was growing up like? Where'd you come from? What, what did that look like in Justin's life, man? Yeah. So I grew up in a small town in South Arkansas called Smackover. Nice. Um, yeah. But I was born there and then we moved up to Chicago for a little bit, eight years. Um, and I moved back down to Smackover and I was around the fourth grade. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Any siblings? Uh, yeah, I have uh, two older stepbrothers, and then I have one little sister. Oh, nice. Awesome. So, so man, tell me, you got introduced. How long ago did you first get introduced to Celebrate Recovery? Uh, just about three years, three years three ago, years. 2020, yeah. Okay. So give us a picture of when did you come to that space of realizing, you know what, maybe maybe celebrate recovery is for me personally what what did that look like what were some of those indicators you could say even some of those action tendencies that were happening in justin's life that said 
maybe I need to lean into this thing called celibate recovery. What was happening in Justin's life to, to approach that? Yeah. So, um, around 2020, I had just moved up to Northwest Arkansas, um, after a really hard season in my life, uh, my father had passed away. And so I was really trying to learn how to cope and how to get with these things. And I was meeting with Josh. Um, hmm. He was just talking about a lot of hurts and hangups that he had with himself and talking about his job. And I thought it was interesting. So I decided I'll, I'll check out a Friday night. Why not? And so I went and I was just really encouraged by how open and free everybody was. That was the first time I actually experienced someone on stage and talking about the real things that were happening in our life. Mm. Um, and it just intrigued me, man. Yeah. So that's pretty tough. I mean, that's a whammy right out of the gate. I mean, losing your dad and were you pretty close to your dad or what was that relationship like? Yeah, we were really close. Um, yeah, I would go, he lived in Texas, but we would go visit him anytime we got a chance to, he pastored the church down there. And so, um, his passing was pretty sudden and quick, and mm. um, I never really got a chance to grieve well because I was um, out working, so I just never had that time and space to slow down and um, really grieve that loss. Mm, man, so so you learn about about your dad, and this it, you know we talk about this in Celebrate Recovery all the time that that um, events in our life happen in all of our lives, and this feels like a pretty big one. Uh, that that inflicted some hurt on you, I'm guessing. Yeah. And now you're trying to process this hurt, and and you and you said that I didn't really have a chance to really process that in a healthy way. What did what did processing look like for you, and and how did you cope with that pain? What did, what did your strategies look like in your life? Yeah. So initially, I just tried to avoid it. You know, just put my head down and work. And I was finishing up on my last semester in college and trying to go through that. But then I realized like, man, this is, um, it was just harder for me. Went through a depression and couldn't mm. really find like solid ground. I, was, I started looking into counseling options, but I was like, ah, I don't really know how to jump into that wave yet. And then Josh said, Hey man, maybe you should try out celebrate recovery. Um, get a chance to go to open share and just talk about how you're feeling. And yeah. that really no, opened up a doorway for me to start expressing myself. Yeah. So what's that like for you, man? I mean, you're probably, did you grow up with that understanding? It's okay to talk about stuff or what were the family rules that you grew up with? Was that, was that easy? Oh yeah. I'll go talk about my stuff. Or was that kind of going against the grain on some old family rules for your family system? What's that look like? Yeah, so we didn't really talk about our feelings a lot in our family. Um, we usually tried to, you know, something happened and it was kind of just hush-hush, behind-the-door um, type of conversations between my mom and my dad. It wasn't really uh, me or Jasmine involved in that type of conversations. And so um, I just had to figure out my own ways to, you know, numb out video games, just whatever a kid could get his hands on during that time to, you know, um, do what you have to do. Yeah, just kind of escape escape a little bit and just if i can just do something to distract myself maybe i don't have to feel it yeah yeah gotcha okay so but then you come to this point well i've learned don't talk about it you know just just act like it's not there and something became an indication that now you're having a conversation with a josh saying i think i need help or at least it, it was insinuated because Josh said, Hey, you should try out celebrate recovery. What were the, what was that conversation like that kind of led to maybe trying new moves, new strategies to, to deal with your pain? What'd that look like, man? Yeah. So I remember me and Josh was having a conversation and, 
he had made a joke about a step study. Like, I'm not getting up at 445 to go to a step study or <laughs> something like that. And I was like, oh, what is he talking about there? And so I leaned in a little bit more and asked him, like, why, why do we do step studies and all those things? Like, this is a real good time for you to sit down and process the things that's happened in your past. Um, and I recognized that I had never done that before. And so I leaned in and said, hey, what? What can I do? And it's like, how can I get involved in Celebrate Recovery to actually start that process? Mm. Did you actually do a 445? Did you go 545? Uh, 545, actually. It was very <laughs> early. Very early. That's commitment. So you go from, I'm not going to talk about anything to, I think I'll get up it before anyone on the planet is alive <laughs> and share my <laughs> deepest, darkest secrets. That's pretty impressive. You talk about uh, courage. You were committed to that process at that point. So, man, take me through that. What was that like as you started? That's what I love about, and by the way, all our step studies are not at 545 a.m. We do have other options. That was just one that worked with your schedule. But what was that like as you began to invite other men into that space? You're hearing from other men. That probably brought some encouragement. What, what was that like to be able to bring things out that you had trained yourself to not talk about? And now you're inviting not just Josh, you're bringing a group of men into that space. Was that scary for you to do that? Or what was that like for you? Yeah, initially it was really scary, but um, a lot of guys modeled it well for me, what it looked like to openly share um, and what it looked like to express themselves to talk about whatever's going on in their lives. And once I started going a couple of Friday nights and uh, saw that, you know, this is really a safe place. And that gave me the encouragement to actually start sharing myself. Nice. Nice. So you start kind of unpacking that stuff and and worked all the way through the process doing that inventory, which can be scary. Yeah. Um, so you come out on the other end and what what's different about Justin having walked through that process, man? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was being able to have confidence in God, um, in him taking my things, um, and in me not being judged. I grew up, um, my, my dad was a pastor, so I had to, you know, say the right thing. People Mm. were watching me. There was a lot of pressure on me at all times. And I felt like who was actually a person that I can take all these worries and like real thoughts to. And, um, going through the inventory, I realized that, oh, God is a person I can take these things to. I'm going to lay them down and trusted people. Um, so yeah, that, I think that was the biggest takeaway from my first step study. It's like, man, I can take these things to God and, you know, he'll care for, care for me well. Oh, that's great, man. So, so that's so good. You jump into this process, you're, you're working the principles of celebrate recovery and, and, and you come out of that experience and change. And then you kind of move into, um, what, what point did you start volunteering? You know, principle eight's about, you know, being willing to share with our words and our actions um, what God has done in our life. At what point did you become a part of the process of being a volunteer with the landing, which is for our students? How, how did you get involved with that, man? What does that look like? Yeah. So after I finished my first step study, I was still going to Friday nights and then my sponsor encouraged me. He's like, Hey man, I think it's time for you to like step in and serve. I've seen a lot of healing in you. Um, and I have a background working with Camp Origo and a lot of students there. And so I said, Oh yeah. Um, I really have a passion for students and jump. It was a pretty easy jump into the landing and being able to serve with those kids. And I kind of recognized some of those kids from back whenever I worked as a camp counselor. And so it was 
um, yeah, it was a smooth transition. Yeah, that's so good. And and Justin wouldn't say this for those of you listening. He brings a, a wealth of experience and expertise and, and most of all, a, a huge heart and love for the Lord and, and students. And, and uh, our, our students are so blessed to have you here, man. So give me give me kind of a background. What is the landing? We know it's CR for students. Um, if I'm trying to explain kind of what that looks like on a Friday night, what am I seeing this, the same different, what, what is it? What's the landing doing? What's happening? Yeah. So the landing is happening on Friday nights. It's going on the same time that the adult service is going on as well. Um, we have a worship set. We have the chip song, just like the adult share has. Um, and we have a lesson and then sometimes, you know, throughout the night we'll have, um, a little break called Connect Time is just a chance for students to get to know each other. Yeah, um, we might play a silly game, something for the kids just to relax and be kids. That's cool. So they actually they kind of come together corporately, kind of have a time of worship, and then what's happening when they break off in those small groups? Are they actually having share time, or is it just kind of fellowship time? What's happening in those small groups? Yeah, so we're actually having share time. We break them up into um, their different ages, high school boys through you know fifth and sixth graders, um, break them up by age. And then we have prompts for them to read because sometimes it's hard to sitting in an open chair. You don't really know where to focus your thoughts on. So we give them prompts um, to talk about whether that was a lesson or whatever they may have been taught that night. And so they can just openly share with a couple of leaders. Wow. So I probably question good for our listeners, Justin, that do students actually, do they go there? Do, I mean, it, you know, kind of the perception is, well, they're not going to, they're not going to go to those heart stuff. They're not going to get vulnerable. What do you see that happen? Do the, do the students actually go to those vulnerable spaces and share kind of those scary places that happen in their life, those dilemmas they may be walking through? Does that actually happen? Yeah, you would be surprised. <laughs> I mean, those students, once they recognize it's a safe spot for them to openly share and realize that they can, um, the people that there care about them. Um, mm -hmm. They start to really open up about things that are happening in their life and the healing that I've seen from my time at the landing of them learning how to process and cope well and how to talk about those things to communicate better. It's just encouraging for me, man. Yeah, I bet that is kind of cool just to see. I'm sure you have kind of all walks of life of people coming in that they're just there. Mom and dad brought me. Right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's a sure. real thing. We had a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> and even those, you know, through the years I've seen that where they may not want to be a part of what's happening, but something kind of that culture tends to kind of cultivate, you know what, maybe I do have something to share. Maybe this is a place for me, even though mom and dad brought me here. Is that, is that right? Or. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All those students, I mean, they'll come in and at first, you're like, okay, I don't really know what this is about or anything like that. Kind of similar to how I came in and celebrate recovery. Mm. But once they recognize that, oh, these other students are sharing, you know, not just the adults. Um, my peers are opening up as well. It kind of gets them to say, okay, I think this is a safe enough place for me to actually talk what's going on. That's cool. Well, I'm talking with Justin, he's our, our team lead for uh, the landing of Celebrate Recovery. It's CR for students and and uh, just getting to know Justin a little bit and hearing a little bit of his heart and what happens in the landing. And when we come back, we'll continue that conversation. Stick with us. I'll be right back. 
Hey, friends, if you're looking for a safe place to gather with other broken people who who come as they are and realize that they need help, we'll save a seat for you. You come see us on a Friday night in Fayetteville, Fellowship Fayetteville, or in Rogers, Fellowship Rogers. Go to fellowshipcr.org if you'd like more information. Every single Friday night, 6 p.m. for our Connection Cafe meal, and then our main meeting starts at 7. We hope you'll join us this Friday night. Welcome back. Talking to Justin Irvin. He's our uh, landing team lead and uh, lots of life change happens. Justin, before we went to the break, we were talking about just how even some kids that may come because mom and dad, um, I I just want to say this mom and dad are here. So now I got to come, I got to come to the landing, but it's so important if mom and dad are in recovery, chances are the teenagers are in recovery by default, right? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. They have things that they have to process themselves just being in that dy- dynamic. Yeah, so it's so. what I love is what you guys do in the landing and celebration places in this as well. Um, it gives moms and dads the opportunity to come and work on themselves, but it's not a babysitting. It's not just, hey, watch my kids while I work on me. It's, it becomes a family experience. Any any nuggets I mean, that you've seen with that, just the impact? I know you meet with a lot of our students and you connect one-on-one. You're meeting in those, in those small groups. Just generally speaking, because we don't want to give up anonymity, confidentiality, how have you seen that um, – with the students having a space to process their own pain, what's the fruits of that as they are integrate back into their family system as they're on the drive home or whatever, Mm -hmm. what's the benefits of students working on themselves as mom and dad or aunt and uncle or whatever are working on themselves? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is accountability. Mm. Um, They're getting common language between both places. We're using the same words like amends, forgiveness, um, at the landing, just like we are at adult share. And so um, those students are able to go and say, okay, I need to make an amends to mom. And mom knows exactly what they mean because we're going through the same principle as well. That's really cool. So it's kind of rewiring their family system a little bit. You know, we don't, we don't, we're not going to do things the way we used to do them. We're going to try some new moves here. That's really cool. So man, if, if, um, I'm sure you're probably you have all the volunteers that you need and you're in good shape or <laughs> Oh no man we could definitely use some volunteers at the landing. Yeah. So so just for our listeners I mean you know sometimes that tendency can be well I got to have all these qualifications and I have to have these skill sets and what what are you looking for if I'm listening and I'm just kind of I wonder if I fit into that what do you, as you're sitting across the table from somebody that is inquiring about volunteering as a, as a leader, what are you looking for? What, what do I need to have to be able to step into that circle to be a part of that process of leading students through their own brokenness? Yeah, man, I, I think the biggest thing is I'm looking for someone that has a heart for making a safe space for students. Mm. Um, someone that is a good listener, someone that's I'm able to get down on their level and honestly be a little goofy sometimes, you know, <laughs> We're working with students. They like to have fun. Yeah. Um, so people that have those qualities about them that, you know, a student can walk in and feel like that's a person that cares. Yeah. Well, and the biggest thing you said, I don't want to miss that is just, just to be present, to listen and, and make sure that our students are seen 
and heard and caught in that space. So, so if I, if I want to be a part of that process, what is, how do I, how do I do that? What, what's that step, that first step? Cause I'm sure you kind of have a vetting process of, of that process. What's that first step for me? If I want to become a volunteer, even do I have to do it every week? And what's that look like? Yeah. So I think the first step is, you know, getting an interview, okay. um, connecting. If you're going over to the adult service and is asking someone with a lanyard or someone that works there, it's like, hey, how can I get involved? Um, and we'll get they'll get you connected to me or my partner, Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and get that interview going. And you don't have to work every week. We can have you out scheduled. So it may be a biweekly thing. It may be a monthly thing, whatever your availability might be, because we also want you to work on your recovery as well. Oh, that's awesome. So I, yeah, so I can, if I want to give once a month, I can come serve the students. Yeah, sure. I love that. So, so there's an interview process and that's just a vetting a background check. We, we do that just to, we do that across the board uh, to help, help make sure our kids are, are safe. So if, um, if I'm in this process and or I'm listening, because we do have some people that might kind of uh, even through our, our general population of the church, they're not coming to Celebrate Recovery. Uh, they're not uh, in the general population of Celebrate Recovery right now. Do I need to go through Celebrate Recovery before I volunteer? What's that look like? Is there a space for me as a part of fellowship or a part of the church? What's that look like? Oh, yeah. As the whole church. I mean, if you have a heart for creating a safe space for kids, we would love for you to come and volunteer as well. And just reaching out to me or Brooklyn about that and um, seeing where you can fit in and the, um, the landing. I love that. So how do I what what's that step of what who do I need to call? What Who do I need to email to, to start that process? Yeah. I mean, you can email me, please. Um, <laughs> yeah. My email. Do you want me to say it now? Yeah, you can. Uh, if you want, we'll put it in the in the subject line as well. But yeah, yeah that'd be great yeah, to email me and see what we can do to get you an interview and get you plugged in. Yeah, that's great. So, Justin, uh, there may be a mom or dad. Um, back to kind of the heart of the ministry and the landing, a mom or dad that's listening, or maybe there's even a student that stumbled onto this and they're struggling. They know their student's struggling or the student themselves are listening. What, what's a word of encouragement that you would give to a teenager or even to some parents, maybe two different conversations, but what would you say to them to give them some encouragement in this space as they're trying to, uh, find some hope in, in this in this bad spot that they're in? What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say community is huge. I think the biggest thing is not to isolate yourself, but to go out and find safe people um, that you can be openly share with about the real things that are going on in your life. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, give them some space. You know, the, what What I love about this, I, I kind of say this to people all the time, that celebrate recovery and you can lump the landing, the CR for students in this, that Celebrate Recovery is kind of the emergency room of the church, right? Yeah. That maybe maybe there's some things going on in my life that I just need some extra help. And, and our goal ultimately is to get you to a healthy place where you can be a part of the greater church. And I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about capital C church where we're out there in the community living out our purposes. Uh, just thinking about you when you came in, uh, you came in hurting and, you know, grieving and trying to figure out how to, you know, cope in healthy ways. 
and you get into this and now it, it became a catalyst to doing what you're doing today. And I love that. God's not wasting your past hurts. And he can do that very same thing for that hurting student that may be on the other end listening, right? Yeah. 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 So, man, um, as we're wrapping up here, and I appreciate you jumping on here, and it kind of puts you on the spot. You're <laughs> courageous to jump in here to talk with this Yahoo. But, um, man, I just want to just give you space. Is there anything about the landing? I want to make sure we know, too, that the landing are what grades. Uh, we have landing five, six. Talk about that and what that looks like and what's different about that and where they go and all that. Yeah, so we actually have two services going on. We have CR 5-6, which is for our 5th and 6th graders to happen um, over in the east. And then in central, we have 7th through 12th graders um, having that going on as well. Okay, and where do, where do they meet, the 7th through 12th? 7 through 12 meet at Student Center Central. Okay, awesome. So we have Student Center East here on the Fellowship Rogers campus, and that's the landing 5-6, and then uh, Student Center East. Uh, on the Rogers campus. Uh, so they're separated through the whole night. Is that how it works? Um, pretty much. So it's, we'll start, they'll be outside playing and stuff like that. Cause you know, the fifth and sixth graders have to get the energy, get the energy. Out. Out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. once that happens, they're usually separated. There are some nights where we'll come together and have one big service. Um, but usually they're separated out just cause you know, fifth and sixth graders may need a couple of different things than the seventh and 12th graders. So we want to make sure that that's a space where they can openly process and have stuff for them too. Yeah. So your night officially gets started. So the, the outside playing and getting the energy out, does that start at, at six or when, when does that actually start where they're actually getting that energy out and playing and doing that stuff outside? What's that look like? Yeah. So we officially start at seven. Um, okay. We'll have them outside playing for a little bit and then yeah. get them side, um, get them reset and ready for whatever teaching we have ready for them. Okay. So, so maybe, I mean, we do have connection cafe meal over in the main room with the adults so they can eat dinner with mom and dad if they want to. Yes. And then come over to the student center after that and connect with you and your great leaders. How many volunteers do you have typically on a Friday night serving? Um, usually we have about five or six. Right. Okay. Now. Yeah. And so they're just kind of hanging out and fellowshipping and connecting with them. Yep. So at seven, it officially starts. We're kind of burning some energy a little bit. And then what does that look like? They go inside and and then they're splitting off. Five, six goes one way. Seven, 12 goes another way. Yep. Okay. So whenever they go in, seven and 12 will go in central. Five and six will go in the east, and then they'll um, have their separate services. Okay. And then what time is that officially over? If I'm a parent, when can I expect my students are going to be coming back looking for me? <laughs> right, right. So we'll officially head back over to the Adult um, Connection Cafe um, at the end of the night around 930. Okay, awesome. And so you guys are having your own kind of fellowship time, connect time. And then they can come reconnect with their their parents. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Well, it, it I love the landing, and I think I'm trying to remember how many years we've been doing. We've been doing a long time here. Um, it's been so incredible just to see how God is using um, incredible, loving volunteers like yourself to to meet our students where they are, so that mom and dad don't have to worry about their students being home alone. Uh, as they're working on their recovery and and not just uh, watching them, but but helping them and guiding them and equipping them. It's really a pure uh, discipleship process, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool process. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful to you, Justin, for all that 
you are doing, you have done because you volunteered before you came on staff and uh, you've been on staff now how many weeks? I think this is week number three. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So still trying to figure out what is this? What do we do here? What's our culture? And I know that's always a little bit unnerving, but uh, you're stepping in that space beautifully. And and we're just excited. I just want our listeners to know we're grateful to have you here, man. And um, if you want to come alongside Justin and, and help him in this space, please take him up on that offer. Maybe it's just sit down over a cup of coffee. Maybe you got more questions. You're not committing to anything. You just want to know more about that. And maybe you know someone, if it's not you, that can join in this process to join Brooke and, and uh, Justin in this process and all our great volunteers to, to meet our students. Uh, pretty important that if if we can give our students space to process, maybe we'll break that cycle mm. and maybe have less adults in a really broken space making stupid decisions like I did in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so he- thanks for helping us break those cycles, Justin, and, and thanks for all your great volunteers. And I pray that somebody listening may say, you know what, I can commit to one time a month or maybe it's biweekly or whatever, or maybe it's sponsoring a student or something, you know, just to kind of come alongside them. But Justin, thanks for being with us today, man. I appreciate your heart and I'm glad you're on this team. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Rodney. You bet, man. Well, thank you guys for, for listening. I hope that was helpful to hear a little bit of Justin's heart and, and just knowing that the quality person, you're going to see him around a lot and uh, occasionally even see him in our, in our adult uh, general uh, meeting, but just wanted you to hear his heart and, uh, and just hear a little bit more about what's going on in the landing and, and uh, what God is doing on both campuses. Uh, Justin doesn't work directly in the Fayetteville campus, but, but we have that happening down there as well. Hey, thanks for being with us today. If you'd like more information about the landing or celebration place for kids or the adult ministry, just go to fellowshipcr.org and uh, you can shoot us an email and we'll answer all your questions. So glad that you joined us uh, today and I pray that you uh, join us next time. We always love having a great conversation with you. Thanks for being with me today. I pray that you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless you.